The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I was in a place where at one point I, I was waking up in the morning and life was just hitting me. Like I had no practices in place. Life was just hitting me. And I just spent my entire day deflecting. No plan in place. And then you wake up one day and you find yourself one year later, two years later, five years later, like what happened with all this time? Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Glad you're here. Welcome to the show. This is Kat. It's Tuesday. Would you believe this is our 99th episode? 99, y'all. Which, you know what that means. Next week, we'll be celebrating 100 episodes of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I'm just, man, I've been reflecting over all of these conversations, all of these killer interviews, all of my amazing guests, and just, you know, I know I say it all the time, but my heart is full. I'm feeling so much gratitude. I'm stoked for you to hear today's conversation with actress, mother, host, wellness advocate, author, Allie Landry. We've been friends for a long time. I'm just so proud of her for what she's putting into the world, the way she is lifting up women. If you need a little extra inspo on how to reshape your life, she's encouraging you to not settle, don't get stuck, and she's got all of these actionable ways to get yourself motivated, to get the answers that you need to feel phenomenal. We're always about that here on this show, aren't we? But we also get to know Allie a lot more, her Southern roots from Louisiana, her upbringing. Of course, we get into her pageant days. She was crowned Miss USA. You probably know her from her incredibly popular Super Bowl commercial when she was the Doritos girl and flipped all through the laundromat. I mean, people still talk about that commercial today. So we talk about all of the things I especially love. Ugh. You know me, I love it when people take off the mask, put down the armor, put the Hollywood stuff on the shelf and just really get into it. You'll be surprised some of the things she shares about even her own marriage today on the show. So definitely stay through the whole conversation. I want to get a little bit of business out of the way and tell you a few things. Um, I'm doing something kind of cool, and I want to invite you, my podcast community, to the party first, okay? So I've talked with you and exchanged with you mostly on social media about my passion for midlife and serving women at midlife and keeping the conversation going about our bodies and our minds and our spirits and all that we're up against at this age physically and exploring all of that and learning ways that we can feel better in our bodies or combat the aging stressors or deal with the hormones, all of that stuff. I am getting into it. I'm deep diving in a series called Midlife and Me, a video series that I want to invite all of my podcast community to come and binge directly on your phone. So this is a subscription series. I'm doing it for eight weeks. It's called Midlife and Me. I want you to go to my IG, go to my website. You'll find how to sign up, how to subscribe there. It's called Midlife and Me, eight weeks. And y'all, if you sign up now, before it premieres the week of April 3rd, you're gonna get a big fat discount. $19.99, eight weeks, several videos each week. And I'm going raw. I mean, <laughs> you'll see my welcome video. It's like no makeup, no bra. We are exposing the realness, the rawness, the grit that is 
what it's like to live in a 48-year-old body. And I'm going to be sharing some of my hacks, some of my challenges. I'm going to be chatting with some of my friends, some of whom you will know. So go, guys, if you can, subscribe. Come on this ride with me. This podcast has been free to you for almost 100 episodes. So I ask for your support. I ask for that one-time fee to allow me to do the work for you and to create these shares and to further this community where we as women are all lifting one another up. Okay, so that's the business. That's a business. And again, just a plea to leave leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That goes a really, really long way. So if you've been enjoying these episodes for the last year and a half, almost again, 100, baby. Or maybe you haven't been enjoying them. You can leave me that, that note there as well. I'll try to do better for the next 100. Let's get to it. Y'all, here is Allie Landry. It sure is a beautiful day when mm-hmm. the beautiful Allie Landry can come over and hang out and chat about all the things. Welcome. Well, first, it's so great to see you. It's been a while, but obviously I follow everything that you do mm. and I am a fan. Mm. Like I told you, I think last time we saw each other was at the Goop event where yes. there, there was a vagina wall of yes. flowers. Remember <laughs> yes, <that>? I do. <laughs> and even getting dressed, I knew you were going to be there. I was like, what is Kat going? Oh, stop. I have to like show up because oh, I know she will. And you did. You look oh, pretty Oh my gosh. You no, do. I honestly, I, I, I was thinking about you coming over today and I was kind of reflecting on how we know each other and yeah, so the years. years in this business and all of the many ways we've kind of collided over time. And it's been a minute. I mean, it's been more than a decade since yeah, I think I met you. And E and random events. Yeah. And then you had your own like video <laughs> streaming show at one point you were ahead of the time like you've done so much but but through all of that and I genuinely mean this you have such a light to you and this warmth to you and this infectious energy and so I was like I am so glad Allie is coming over (laughs) because I need a drink of Allie (laughs) that is exactly how I describe in the book like the people that you should surround yourself I know like people who feel like sunshine. Yeah. The life is too short. Like surround yourself with people who see you, your superpowers. Yes. Who celebrate you, Mm -hmm. who stay in their lane, but could Mm. show up and just say, Mm. go girl, like you got this. But I I don't know, you know, I'm now so aware of the people that I have in that circle. Right. And I describe it best. Like when you're around them, it's like almost when you leave them, you're, you're electrified, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the people that I want in my life. So the fact that you said that I kind of seem like light, like that, well, that's the best compliment that I could get. Well, that means you're just so on that frequency, right? And I think that's, and we're going to get to it, obviously, in all things about your book, Reshape Your Life, everyone. But some of that, I think, is part of of getting older and having those life experiences and then finally doing some of those edits on your life and kind of getting rid of the things that don't serve you. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about health and inspiring people who are listening and giving them tips because you your book is so great. And by the way, it's so easy to like pick up and get through. I love that you incorporate experts and quotes and your own personal story, but it feels just super light. So bravo. Oh, good. You know what I mean? Because there are a lot of books out there that are self-help, but it's kind of like, let me designate time to go (laughs) read this book. But this is just, it's so well done. Thank you. Truly. I, it's like, there's so much fear around doing something like this, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I am yeah. only interested in showing up, obviously, in the world and in my life. And this has happened with age and experience and stuff. Like, you're yeah. just being my true, authentic self, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have an opportunity to share that mm-hmm. in your normal day-to-day or in jobs. or mm-hmm. And that's sort of what this book was for me. It wasn't an opportunity I actually sought out. It came to me. I definitely had fear around it, mm-hmm. but I remember very specifically at a Tony Robbins event, and I think I talk about it in the book, is that he was saying, when fear shows up, you need to, you need to move through that fear. And, and that's probably the exact thing that you should do. So I think about Tony every time <laughs> fear comes up, and I knew that when this happened, I had to do it because I knew that on the other side of it was going to be everything that I so desired. And that honestly is that true connection to be able to have these like deeper 
more meaningful conversations with people, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. And I was thinking about that, having learned more of your story. And I want to, I kind of want to dig into your childhood a little, because I just, there's so much about it. I feel like I connected to, but I, speaking to what you just said about releasing a book and birthing this thing and working so hard on it and the fear associated with it. But at the end for you, the purpose is I get to get out there and connect with people and hear yeah. people's stories and, and have meaningful exchanges yeah. and how yes. rare that is. It's reminding me of when you won the Miss USA pageant mm -hmm. and represented Louisiana mm -hmm. and you went home and you talk about that in the book about how just nice it was to go back because you represented all of these people. Yeah. And then you got to go out and like touch and feel them and share with them and exchange with them. And see how much it meant to them. Yeah. I even see that with my husband and his films. It's like when you're putting together a project or you hope that the audience will receive it in a certain way and, mm -hmm. and you feel it's great and it's a masterpiece and it's beautiful, but not until you are out in the world and doing the screenings and it might be a month or so where people will come back or send a letter and say how it affected them or how it gave them a different perspective or just shifted the way they move. That's on. You know, that's the reward. So we all have our love languages, and I'm going to refer that love language to this book writing situation. I love like human connection. I like to touchy feely. I want to be in the room with people. Mm -hmm. So to be holed up in an office for a year or two doing this, that was hard for me. So I am very excited. <laughs> like, first of all, I'm so excited to actually you and I to be in the same room because, so you know, nice. a lot of people are doing this over Zoom. I know. So for us to be in person, uh -huh. like, bow down to Thanks you. Thanks for coming. It's so <laughs> it, it's it's so easy now to do a Zoom. And of course, it is so beautiful. I mean, I love the technology that I can speak to anyone from anywhere in the world. Yes. My last guest was in the UK. And like, I wouldn't be able to speak with her if this, you know, if it weren't for, for virtual Zooms. But there is something uh, about the human to human, face to face. I, that's why I'm always trying to convince people, absolutely. just come over, just come over. Because it, there's something, again, just about the energy that you can't And we're getting manufacture. lazy. That's we are getting so lazy like, with social media. That's and again, true. Like, I, I get that with the pandemic, it, yes, it is wonderful that we can do those things, but that's also so like, true. I don't think it's like super healthy. But, I honestly, you know, I didn't even think about that because even, I honestly like, don't. It's lonely. Yeah. I mean, if you're just here on the, I found myself and I still do like even doing all these interviews. That's why when it came up with you today, I was like so jazzed to wake mm. up this morning because you are such a great interviewer, right? And you uh -huh. have the best conversations, but we've never been able to like really go deeper. I know. So I yeah. was like so excited. Oh, uh, yay. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Speaking yeah. of waking up this morning, because I usually start with asking everyone, like, how are you doing? Like, how are you really, really doing yeah. in this moment, in this day, in this present time? Mm -hmm. And I was watching your stories and understandably you are embarking on, first it's write the book, then yeah, it's, yeah, I've yeah. got to release it to the world. Then it's like, I have to go out and promote it. It's like, be careful what you ask for, right? Yeah. Because now everything you manifested is coming true, yeah. but oh yeah, you have to show up and you yeah. have kids and you have yeah. a husband. And yeah. by the way, you're on camera and you have to look great and feel yeah. great and keep it all together. Yeah. So, how you doing? <laughs> well, even with this, it's, I feel like it's not like a normal promotion that I've ever had to do before. Like I'm doing a live event, a two-part event in Louisiana. So with vendors, with florals, with a caterer, and I am doing, like you said, like your hands and everything. I am really have my hands in absolutely everything. I have to do a keynote speech. So it's a lot. And I feel like I know you're a perfectionist. You shared that with me about even your space. And I am as well. So not to be able to be completely fully prepared, it is, it's it's really hard for me. So I shared yesterday, even on Instagram, like, and I told my mom, I told my sisters, like, I find myself in moments throughout the day where I feel like I can't breathe, mm, right? Mm -hmm. But it's okay. I recognize that. And, but part of it also, I'm also trying to see like, what's the other side of it? Like, I can't control everything right now. Mm -hmm. And I have to surrender, you know, and I want to do What do you do, do in that. those moments when you can't breathe and you feel it closing in on you? What do you do? What I've been doing is actually been really, really helpful. It's something new that I've been doing that I recently just heard. Well, one, I do, I, I really get the power of breath. I know you do yoga and, and breathing it's so simple, it's a game changer. but it really calms my nervous system, yeah. right? Because I feel it like in my body and it's part of like my type A. It's, it's, you know, it's like all of that, right? The anxiety that I get. So I breathe and then I start started to say to myself, like when I wake up in the morning, I do 
very specific practices throughout the day. But one thing I've been adding to it, and instead of in my mind saying, I have to do this today and I have to go there and I have to write the email and I have to send this, I have to make sure, I say I get to. Mm. And the I get to, I don't know, that's really creating a shift for me. And I like it. Like, I like how it's actually showing up because sometimes you do things that they don't really land. This, for me personally, <laughs> has landed. Like, just that I get to do this because yes. I don't always get to do this. Yes, I get to write an email about my book that's going to be a bestseller. Like, this yeah. is all exciting. I get to do this. And then to. It's an my husband and I were even, I had to drop him off the office when I was on my way to do and. We're just talking about our careers and and what our dreams and desires were at the beginning and how things have shifted. And right now I'm in the middle of it with this book. He has two different films coming out. And really it's about the journey and to remind ourselves about the journey because you think about when I win this award or when I get on a bestseller list or when I get to this place, that's when I've arrived or I've achieved it. That's like the moment I'm, 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 I'm headed towards, but we often forget about the journey. And I think everything happens in the journey. I mean, you hear so many people that say, you know, they win the Oscar and then the next morning they're kind of just like, and that last night was fun, but okay, now what, like, what am I going to do today? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to focus on on the journey right now. Mm. Yeah. I love that so much. I subscribe to that. I believe in that. <laughs> and that is a good reminder for everybody listening because the essence of just the ride is so nice. You're yeah. so right. And speaking to what you even just touched on, I think it's so interesting, especially for women at midlife, like ourselves, mm -hmm. to to point out that the the goals change, the dreams change, the shifts that we make, the things we can't plan for that you could have never, as much as we are both goal-oriented perfectionists, as mm -hmm, you just reminded mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. like you can write that map and you can have all of that, that plan or that strategy for your life. Yeah. And then by the way, life happens and then you can't really control that. But I I want to get into the book and these practices because I know so many women are going to love learning some how to reshape this, that, and the other. But for those who aren't super familiar with your career and your trajectory and where it all started, I mean, I loved reading in the book about your Louisiana childhood. <laughs> you might be a rare exception, but like I had a great childhood. I can't apologize. A lot of people come and sit in that chair and it's like, I had this and I had these traumas and yeah. I had this problem and I had all this. Reading about the land in Louisiana yeah. and the food and the shrimp and the big ass family you have. Like, Huge. I mean, my gosh. My dad, there's 10 children. There was 11, but 10 on my dad's side, 11 on my dad's side, eight on my mom's side. And they all live within five miles of each other. And not only that, like all my dad's side of the family lives on like one giant piece of land that's parceled out with the the sisters, the brothers, the, now the nieces, nephews. Cause like, so I call it one-stop shopping. I go, I park at one person's house and I just walk from house to house, like visiting. So I am going back. I'm going to go to New York first on Sunday for the starting the book tour. And then I really insisted that I go back home to Louisiana. And honestly, I'm not worried about the big shows in New York. <laughs> I'm only concerned about going back like to my community. I know I'm going to be an emotional mess. Aww. They are so excited. Like, just like with Miss USA, like they are probably more excited than I am. So I just can't wait to, I can't wait to get there. Plus it's crawfish season, by the way, if hey. anybody knows about ah. crawfish. My town was the crawfish capital of the world. So crawfish etouffee, boiled crawfish. My sister was a crawfish queen. So Stop. it's right in the middle of crawfish, crawfish season. So I just like, make and sure. a woman created her town. I thought that was yeah. a fun, fun fact. I was like, oh, that's Plastic cool. Plastic bro. I know, I know. They have a statue of that her in my her... town. And my name is underneath it. So I'm uh, like, Well, really and cool. by the way, they're also excited because again, just speaking to your character, like they're excited because you, you're the real deal. And that's mm, so you. nice. You, you know, they must be so, so proud and excited. Yeah, I think they think like every time I go home, they're like, you are exactly same. You never forgot where you came from. Okay. And that makes me like, like I wouldn't, you know, I just, yeah. I really acknowledge growing up in that kind of community mm -hmm. as part of the foundation, obviously of who I am that I take with me wherever I go. So 
I just am so honored that they even still see that in me. Do you know I've never been to Louisiana? Come on. I've never been to New Orleans. <laughs> I don't know how I missed this. How did you like jazz fest, Mardi Gras? I, I like, never had, like, I never had anyone who I knew that, like, it, it's just one of those places I've just always wanted to go. I mean, the closest I've been is, like, the French Quarter at Disneyland. I'm really? Not, I'm not kidding. Okay, well, so I'll I tell you go. this. I, well, maybe you'll come with me because my parents growing up never, like, they have Mardi Gras celebrations throughout the state of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. They never allowed me to go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. So it is on like my bucket list, although I would only do it one way. And now I have the connections to do it that way, where you're on a balcony, yeah. you're kind of separated from the craziness because it mm -hmm. does get real crazy. And I have a great group of friends down there that they dread. I mean, if you see what these girls do, I was like, they are living their best life. Like they get all dressed up in costumes, go to like these lunches together. I mean, it's just fabulous. Well, so it is definitely, I'm saying it's going to be next year. I thought it would have been last year. It didn't work out, but maybe, so wait, maybe next it's year. It's on your bucket list because you've never been to Mardi Gras? In New Orleans. Okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. That's because different. Yes. It's yes. The big, I mean, it's That's huge. The pinnacle, every, right. But every town does have Mardi I Gras. See. See, I celebrates. don't even know that everybody knows that. Everybody celebrates. But New Orleans is like okay. just the biggest. Okay. You know, there's many different parades that start weeks okay. ahead of time. Yes. And it's like that everything shuts down. Oh my gosh. Within the state. Yeah. So my question for you, because I know you you were God, we have so much in common. Like when you were young, you did sports. You mm -hmm. you were very athletic. You were very busy. You were in the student council. You were a yeah. cheerleader. I was like, oh my gosh, check, check, check. We, <laughs> we would have been friends, by the way. We would have been friends. But I was like, that was so my life also. Well, and here um, we are though. There um, you go. But but you still had this itch. Like I did. You were happy. You had this great childhood. You had this very full yeah. life. And and then you kind of always knew or mm -hmm. th there was a there was a calling or an inner pull. Mm -hmm. When did that begin? How did you know that, you know, I won't probably be here for the rest of my life? I part of me feels like I always knew it was always like as a kid, even in going to stores with my mom. It's like I, I'm always attracted to like the shiny things, the over-the-top things, the things that are just sort of not the norm. And I think as I got older and just started, you know, experience life a little more, I knew that there was a bigger world out there and I did not want to miss out on it. Although mm -hmm. I love, like, so much, like, appreciate where I'm from and love it. And I felt guilty almost writing that in the book because mm -hmm. I was like, I know people are going to make me think like, oh. But I knew that I needed to leave. I knew that I needed to leave in order to grow. And what I've realized even now in my life, like I still love adventure and I love change. Like I don't have to be even here in Los Angeles. Like I'm not locked in to the house we live in, to the state we live in, to the country we live in. Like I, like I talk about in the book a little bit about what sets your soul on fire. And for me, it's adventure, it's change, it's new environments, it's learning new things. I consider myself a student of life. Like. I love that, right? Mm. And I think like probably when my children get out of school, I'll probably, my husband and I will just be nomads and just travel all over the world and oh. experience different cultures. I don't know. That's so, so nice. And I, I, I relate to that. I think some people have a real fear of impermanence, right? They do. Yeah. Or change. Yes, change at all. Yeah. Yes, like hold on, attach. What oh, I know, what yes. I can control. Let me just anchor here because that's my safety. But yes. you've been completely... Yes. From the get-go, that was never, never your Never. Thing. Yeah. And I think it's just also like part of my personality. You know, mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. like, that's when, that excites me. Because we talk about different areas within the book, and I know you read it, so we talk about a little bit tapping into your heart set, your soul set, your mindset, your health set. And for soul set, that's something like to really, it's it's difficult to like grasp like what that even means, because it could you could dip into the spiritual side of things, which I definitely have a very strong faith. And I would say that's like, the foundation underneath the foundation of where I was from. That is the rock, my faith. Yeah. And, but the other thing is how to identify like what really lights the fire within you, like what sets your soul, what gets you jazzed. And I feel like there's all, there's things we love and, and naturally, and we maybe have done them when we were growing up. But mm -hmm. I think as life happens, as you get older responsibilities, 
you kind of forget that side of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're doing those things you love, and I feel like you hear that little, there's a voice that happened for me anyway, there's like a little voice when I'm doing those things. And I feel that joy, like in the depths of me. And that voice is like, like, do more of that. Like, that's what you need to do more of. Like, listen to that voice. That's where you can tap in, in my opinion, into your soul set. Mm. And we kind of forget that part of ourselves. Like, even I'm saying it now, but I'm not in that place right now. There's so, like, yes, I travel. I've been traveling a lot these past few years. And that's one of the things, but there's many other things that sets my soul on fire, but I don't tap into that always because of life, because of the kids, because mm-hmm. I'm busy, because I don't have enough time in the day. But that that is something that I want to do more of. Mm. I feel like you have always had maybe this internal kind of wisdom or like you've been good at following your moral compass. You've been good at like listening to kind of what is going on in your gut mm-hmm. and your instinct, even to take it to the pageants. I plan the well, grand plan. Like, why well, did I even do that crazy? Take it to the pageants. But, you know, <laughs> that was interesting to me to hear that the detail of when that pageant was happening and the Miss USA pageant and like the honesty that you share about being in the room with all those girls and it starts to get competitive and people start, this self-doubt starts seeping in yeah. and you're like, oh my God, like, what am I doing here? Here we go. And all the pressures associated with that. And then you had the wherewithal at how old? How old were you then? You had the wherewithal at 18 or 19 to go, actually, I'm going to skip these events tonight. I'm going to get in my room. I'm going to visualize. I'm going to like rid myself of Mm self-doubt. I'm not only that, then I'm going to like imagine the whole series of events playing out, I thought it was fabulous. I don't I don't think this is like a, I'm like telling the whole story. I don't want to like, is this a, what do we, a spoiler alert. No, Pause, read the book. But like, of the, you knew, you identified like what would throw you off that might make you lose, lose the title, which was if you had to see the other top three, two girls go before you to get asked questions, then yeah. you might have a meltdown. On live television, on because live I would television. not have been able to handle that mentally. Right. And so you visualize getting called first so you could answer accordingly. And then you might, in fact, actually have the chance to win. And then all of that came to be. It all happened. It's wild. I know it's wild. I look back at that. And powerful. And and I look at my 19-year-old self and I was like, how did she even know how to do that? What do you think the answer is? I think, again, like it's just one, I sort of think it's like divine Mm -hmm. a little bit. And I feel like Mm -hmm. our story, part of it is our story is already written, yeah. right? And if we can tap into that, then life is a lot easier for us. Yeah. I think instinctually, I didn't know what the words were around that or how to define that, but I think that I knew in that high pressure situation, mm-hmm. my mom didn't tell me that. I had no one yeah. telling me this. I wasn't reading self-help. I was like, how did I figure it out? I just knew that that's what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then I learned as I've gotten older, like what that actually means and just like tap myself on the back, like good girl. Good girl and yeah. good lesson for everybody yeah. listening because this theme of a lot mm. of people are are tapping into that right now. I feel like people are really wanting to call in what they want and deserve in their life. All of the practices that you mm-hmm. list in your book, mm-hmm. but even just the mental piece of like seeing it and the soul piece, feeling it really can attract it and make it so. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, I think, and I say it like, as far as like prayer, because I have a very strong prayer life. So when I am praying, I've learned to pray in very, very, very specific Mm. details. Mm. And then I let it go. I let it go. I pray in specific details. And then as Oprah says, let it go. So I do do that. And the more clear you can be, I mean, journaling is a great help. Look, if you're going about your life and just saying, I, I want this to happen, that's not that's not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about actually spending that time alone, that quiet time with yourself, journaling, reflecting, if you want to call it prayer, if you want to call it meditation, whatever it is, you got to quiet your mind. So that, and you got to fill yourself back up with wisdom and inspiration in order to even know what you want and reflect back on your life. Like so many people, I just remember I was in a place where at one point I, I was waking up in the morning and life was just hitting me. Like I had no practices in place. Life was, when the kids were younger, life was just hitting me. And I call it like 
hit by the Mack truck of life when I opened my eyes. And I just spent my entire day deflecting. No plan in place. If I could work out, great. If I got to do this, if I answered the emails, great. There was no list. There was nothing. And then you wake up one day and you find yourself one year later, two years later, five years later, like, what happened with all this time, mm -hmm. right? You just let it all go by because there was no purpose. There was, you weren't present in the moment. So I think like in the book, I, I've identified some very specific practices, super, super easy that you could kind of sprinkle in throughout your day to ground you and kind of help you to pause yeah. and do that reflection. Mm -hmm. So then you do know what you desire. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what you want, how in the world are you going to get there? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's actually quite simple. It's easy for people to be stuck, to feel stagnant, to somewhat be paralyzed, especially especially in our 40s. Like a lot of women are waking up and going, "What? A, what I do? Half my life's gone." And then you know, other people are waking up and saying, "My dreams totally change." Like you have, you to your divinity, your spirituality, your practices, like. You have to claim what it is you want to summon it into your life. So I think that is so, so true. Like for everybody listening, like get to work. <laughs> get to work. And I don't like that to seem overwhelming. Right. I enjoy it. I enjoy because I, again, I like change. Mm -hmm. I like the evolution. Mm -hmm. That's why it was hard for me to even say yes to the book because mm -hmm. my argument was like, I am still on my journey. Mm -hmm. Like I am still learning. I've got a lot more lessons that I know that are going to come in. But I do know that there have been... Again, like you said, my childhood was great and wonderful. And I, at times in my 20s, I was just like, I'm really not interesting because I haven't had anything like happen to me that would, where I could really dig in, right? And, and transform mm. in a way. And then, and then, and then it life happened. Handed you some pain. <laughs> and then it happened. And I don't know, I feel like so much better now. And I'm so grateful for, for what has happened to me in my life because I do feel like, I've had tremendous growth because of it. Mm -hmm. You've known pain. Yeah. You, it was just a little later. It yeah. was just a, and on a much more public scale for you. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about the pageants and that's what yes. catapulted you into the limelight, into Hollywood, mm -hmm. into the Doritos commercial mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and your life just being turned upside down mm -hmm. and moving to LA. I love the stories in the book about your early days here and, and, and what it was white like. Trans -am. white Trans Am. <laughs> but I won as part of my prize yes. package. I know. And then you were off to the races and you had mm -hmm. a team, you were in soap operas, you yeah. were doing commercials. Mm -hmm. I didn't know until I guess now, like that you really, part of your love and passion was that you really did want to do hosting. I mean, knowing now what you study, yeah. um, you wanted to be a journalist and mm -hmm. tell people stories, which makes perfect sense because you are curious and you're a seeker and you want information yeah. and all that. So when you got Hollywood Live, yeah, a lot changed because I think this is a great example of thinking you want one thing and then the reality turning out to be maybe not that and the lessons that come along with that. You've had a kind of a real awakening physically and changes happened as a result of that. So tell everybody kind of what that was like. You know, at that point... Uh, it's a show called Hollywood Today Live. It was a live daily talk show, as you know what that is like. It was on Fox. And at that point in my life, I just thought like getting on a talk show, like that would a daily thing, like a daily gig where I'm not in the hustle anymore, like that would just be great. And when the opportunity came up, I was super excited, right? The schedule seemed great. You're in at like six, you're with the producers, you're there in the makeup as the guests come in, you prep all that. And then you're live at nine and then done at 10. And I had these grand plans to get to the gym and then get to the grocery and then cook dinner and get the kids to bed, get off their activities in the, in the night with a glass of wine with my husband. And then we're on to the next Perfect. day. Well, yes. that's not what happened. I was, let's see, mid forties at the time. That was only a few years ago. And I was on camera and it's because of, I because I was in that high pressure situation, it wasn't showing up. Like before that, I wasn't in a regular job. I was still, I was doing carpool pool and day-to-day -day was a little different. 
So it didn't show up. These, these symptoms didn't show up. So I was thinking one thing in my mind of what I was going to say, but I would open my mouth and it would come out a completely different way. And mm. I thought, oh my gosh, these people are so seasoned around me. Like I'm going to lose this gig if I don't get it together. And then I was also like so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of times I wouldn't get to the gym. I'd get home, I'd put my pajamas on, I'd grab a bag of Cheetos. They were baked. And I'd like get in bed and like fall asleep and then wake up. It was time to pick up the kids. And I was so exhausted. And honestly, like my thought was like, well, I definitely did not. I mean, it was completely opposite of what I thought this job was going to mm. offer me and how it was going to work for my life. Yeah. And I felt like I was sitting on the sides, sidelines of my life. And then I started looking at my health and I was like, well, I'm kind of depressed. That's mm. if I'm honest, I'm mm. depressed. I have terrible digestion. I am not sleeping. I have chronic pain. My mom, who's a hairstylist, told me like, Allie, your part is getting wider. So I'm like, great, now I'm losing my hair. On top of that, I had low sex drive. Like I could care less if we did it, (laughs) all of it. Like I just had to be like really honest with myself, but I felt off. The way I described it is I felt off, but I was not sick enough to go to a doctor. So then what do I do? And then I asked my friends, I was like, are you guys feeling like this? And they're like, yeah, like, but you know, that's what happens when we age or that's what happens as we get older. And I was just like, no, like mm. this, this does not sit well with me, ladies. I am, it is not going down like this. I am 40, whatever, five years young. And I am going to figure this out because I'm curious, like part of it is just, again, my personality. I'm curious. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to, I'm going to find out for myself, but I'm going to share it with you because we, we're we not going to move into this second part of our life with that kind of attitude. So I did. I decided to go to a naturopathic doctor. I got my very first blood panel done and it was just like light bulbs. It was like a ha, 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 ha moments. I had never been an active participant in that way in my health. I saw those numbers on paper, which validated me like, oh, I'm feeling this way because this is so off. I went through a whole detox on camera. I remember Ross, I broke out in complete hives all over. I mean, they couldn't even cover it with makeup. Mm. And, and Ross Matthews would tease me every, they, they, they would call it rash watch. Oh my they had to, God. they even had like a graphic that went out because oh. it was so obvious, you know? And he's like, you are the sickest, healthiest person. <laughs> No, I was like, I know, but I'm figuring it out. And so when I got to the other side of that, I experienced that next level of health. And I needed to share that, not, mm. not just with my friends, but, and that's okay. sort of how the Reshape platform came up yes. because I just didn't want women to have to settle for that feeling. Yes. We yes. don't have to, yes. right? Yes. And so slowly but surely, again, I love it. So slowly but surely, I've been able to tackle all those specific areas, my chronic pain, the hair loss, the low sex drive, the mild depression, and whether it's figuring out my hormones or doing different modalities and dipping into longevity and biohacking and Hmm. all this, like things that kind of shift you a bit, Mm -hmm. right? Move the needle in a different direction. And when I saw those results, like that got me really excited, knowing that that was a possibility my life. How long were you suffering before you started Operation Reshape? (laughs) Operation Reshape the entire self. Yes. Um, I think it was for many years, but it never showed up the way it did. Mm. Stress. Because of the stress and that high pressure, that pressure cooker of a situation of live television. Yeah. Where when I got out of, I don't know if you ever felt that when you were doing your shows, like this is not, this was not, this is not normal. Like I would get off and I felt like I was in the match with like my Mike Tyson. Like I was so drained. Yeah. I would get in bed. Like, oh, yeah. how is this? I And I knew that like, how am I going to do this job that I thought I wanted to do when I literally cannot function when I get home, much less show up for my kids or my husband or my family. Like, well, I mean, it's all those things, isn't it? Did no, you ever get I, that feeling? Because oh, I'm just, I, I yes, just want to know. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, I think, I mean, I did daily TV five for, days a week for 20 some years, literally. Because when I, be even before E, I was in local news for 10 years. And <sighs> the physical piece has always been a part of it, but not until recently in my 40s can I really, really... Like you don't have a choice, right? Like you're debilitated. Like you were in bed, like you were saying. I did early morning shows in my 20s when I had kids. I was nursing. I was out the door by 3 a.m. But same thing, home in my pajamas early in the middle of the day. 
there's something about when you're younger where maybe, yeah. you know, everything's functioning at a higher level yeah. and your cells are just doing their part. And yeah. so somehow you pull it off then, yeah. I think in youth, that's the beauty of youth. But there is something as you get older and I like you, like I kind of took a lot of it for granted. Like I'm always kind of healthy and I've always had decent, it's all working. I, like, I, show like, you know, I didn't work out much either. I was kind of like, yeah, I like, good jeans, clothes. thank God. It was like, good. <laughs> yeah. But but same, similarly, a handful of years ago where I was like, I used to be a brilliant sleeper and suddenly like, why can't I sleep anymore? And then certain things like, why can't I button my jeans? Why am I bloated? Why do I look like I'm carrying a child in my like female section? Like all those little things started to creep up. And I think it's interesting because like, was your mom talking about this with her friends at 40? Like my mom wasn't either. Like it just wasn't a thing. And I don't know if just it's all gotten worse, the environment or chemicals and things or like what is like all accumulated to make it worse for women in their 40s. But I'm so glad that you have started this conversation and the other women are finally starting to talk about it because we can be comfortable in our bodies as you have proven. And you've like, but look at the work that it required in all these different modalities to get results and to find an answer to just feel okay. Like, I don't know how one of my girlfriends, like I always use them as my litmus, like in Louisiana, would ever have the time, energy, or desire to dig in like I dug in to get these answers. So then what's the, what's, what's going to happen for their life? They're just going to continue going on feeling like crap. Right. Right. And just kind of like, oh, well, this is, this is how it is. Yeah. Like it doesn't, that's why it was like important to me just to have a platform where you can offer those, those solutions. Like, yeah. look, you can do this and you're going to see that the needle will move here to kind of lay out that, that map for women who just don't have the time. Yes. Like do the work for them. And just, and then my girlfriends are like, just tell me what to do. So <laughs> yes. just tell me what to do. That's what I'll do. Yeah. Physically speaking, what has made the biggest difference? Like, I know you totally took an inventory of your diet and the way that you're eating, like you said, like rash gain and all these things. Yeah. Like, what has served you the most to feel better in your body? Gosh, it's hard because it, there's so many different things that changed everything. But I guess I could start from the beginning because I wasn't doing any of it before or had any awareness of it, or I had never been to a naturopathic doctor mm-hmm. that treated my whole self, right? So I think the biggest shift was when I got the blood panel done Mm -hmm. and I was actually able to see those numbers and I was prescribed very specific supplementation for what was going on with me. Before, I mean, I love taking supplements and I go to Whole Foods or Air One here in LA and I was like, oh my gosh, this looks great. And I think I have that and I'll take this one. And this one, oh my gosh, this would be so great. So I had, I mean, I'm not, I'm thinking about my cabinet. There's like two cabinets plus the below cabinet that literally was filled with supplements. I didn't know what, I would take them and then I'd stop, but I was never seeing like a shift. But when I started doing things specifically for what was going on Mm -hmm. and then understanding why I was doing it because this was depleted or that was happening. That's when I had the first change in the health. Like I experienced sort of that next level of health. Mm -hmm. Then when you do that, you get like really excited, right? Mm -hmm. Like I would get sick all the time, but I thought it was because of my poor sleep habits. Again, I didn't know like why I wasn't sleeping well. So I, there's Dr. Michael Bruce, who's in the book and now now he's a dear friend. I cornered him. We were doing a talk show. He was on at the same time as me because he had a book. I didn't care about doing the talk show. All I wanted to do was talk to him. Mm -hmm. I was like, listen, I haven't slept for a really long time. I'm getting sick. I really need your help. So we had a consultation. And once we got to the bottom of it, it was actually the chronic pain that was causing me not to sleep. So mm-hmm. he pointed me in the right direction to get the help I needed for the chronic pain. Once I healed the chronic pain through lots of different things, then I was able to tackle the sleep and then the sleep improved. Mm-hmm. So I guess another big thing for me was I I had chronic pain in my neck and shoulders stemming from an accident. Gosh, I was on my way to a, do a television show in San Diego years ago. It was an accident on the 405 and it wasn't a big accident. I wasn't taken to the hospital. It was just like, it shifted my body in a way that my body never recovered. And I re- I was young and I was going to acupuncture and massage therapists and craniosacral, just like nuka therapy within the, like I just, I wow. did literally everything. Wow. And I would get relief only for like a few days. And not until I did stem cells, did I own almost yet, I think I would say about 80% improvement in my back and my neck. Wow. 
And that just happened a few years ago. Stem cells, like what does that mean? So this is mesenchymal stem cells. This is from the discarded umbilical cord. Uh-huh. The company gathered those stem cells within that umbilical cord. So you saved yours? No. This oh, is discarded. Like, like somebody, somebody's umbilical okay. cord. Okay. I did save mine. Okay. And I actually called them and asked them for it back. Yeah. And they wouldn't give it back to me. What? No. Like I was paying $100, $110 a year for each kid for them to bank those stem cells within the cord of my babies. And I was like, okay, like I'm done. Like, can I get it now? <laughs> because I wanted to use it. I also did the stem cells in the face, but that did, that was just more of a fun thing. But, yeah. Yeah. Which was changed. But yes. I mean, a, changed the quality of my life was the stem cells in my neck and my back. Interesting. Yeah. So sitting here today, like you've got it down because it's a lot. Like it sounds like you have re <laughs> yeah. like the puzzle pieces have all landed in the in the right place. Yeah. And how do you feel? Like how are you doing? I feel great. I mean, I feel great. Look, I will say this. Even for myself when I was reading the book for the audiobook, I wanted to get my highlighter and my pen out because <laughs> I don't live in this this state all the time. Yes, right. I've been it yeah. been in this state many times in my life. Yeah. I've figured it out, but I know that I can always plug those things back in, mm-hmm. right? Right now, I will say I definitely have more energy. I've hacked my digestion. Right now, I'm sort of tackling that hair loss situation and I, I put them down, but I don't know if you could see on camera. I mean, if I did this, you would be able to see. I have like tons of new growth at the top and in the temples. Like there's like little hairs that are about this big. I look like Tweety Bird most of the time if I don't tame them. So I have new hair growth for that area. I did get like a vaginal rejuvenation treatment, which tightened. I went to someone, again, it was all through reshape, like come try this, yeah. this thing out. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Wow. And then found out I had stage two prolapse, which basically... If I did a squat, my uterus could have like fallen oh out, my which gosh. made sense to me because I carried all the kids like super, 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 super duper low. Like I pushed them, it was like one push and they were just like out. They were really low. So that made sense to me. But I was not feeling anything during sex, like nothing. Oh. It was, there was no mind body connection at all. And when I told my husband, I was like, there's a company that wants me to experience their new laser. It's for vaginal rejuvenation. Like, should I do it? I was just curious what he would say. Because normally- Men are like, don't do this. Like, you don't, don't need it. to do anything. You don't need this, that, whatever. And he's like, I think you should. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Like, he's like, well, I think it would be a good thing. So I did. And again, like, at least the, I ha- I still have to go back like another two times to do okay, it. Okay, I need to I need to know about a this. A little more. Okay. But I, I will tell you this. After the first time, I'm all about like not doing I'm all about wow things. Like I will only do something if I see like an amazing result, right? I'm not interested in like just doing random. I don't have the time or the money yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this for me, the yeah. one time yeah. my brain at least connected to down there. Like I actually knew it was there and it felt like a little, like I could grip like a little tighter. Like I kind of felt a Kegel, right? Like it was a- Interesting. So it's a laser, ra- vaginal- Like just think about how you would do a laser in your face. Yes. It's basically a wand okay. that you go around inside of your uterus. You know, you touch around yeah, the uterus yeah, and yeah, around the labia yeah. area. Like they can oh. even like tighten up like that whole area. I mean- So it kind of wakes it up basically. Yeah. And then wakes so it then up, builds a call like tight. Like exactly a Kegel, it, it's exactly muscle. what it's doing for your face. It's okay. doing for down there. It just yeah. tightens it all up. Yeah. Yeah. And prior no to that- was had your libido returned just through the other health things you had adjusted? I think that's more through the hormones. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that I am still working on. I don't know if you do this, but when I'm curious about something, mm-hmm. I always like to interview the people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let's do this for work. But, it, and then but I'll it's just, really yeah. for myself. Yes. Like when I was interested yeah. in meditation and breathing and quieting yeah. my mind, yeah. I didn't know what that meant. I mean, yeah. I was always had a prayer life, but yeah. so I invited this guy, Light Watkins, just to interview him because I needed to know. Like yes. me, I needed to know. Mm-hmm. So right now, like even for the reshape event, like I, I've been on hormone replacement. I know that I'm super low, super low in testosterone and in other areas. And I know that's affecting that my libido, sex life, because the, the desire is just not there when it's low. It's not your fault, yeah, right? No, it's like, no one's fault. It's not your it's husband's not your fault. fault. It's not your no, fault. No, it's not yes. your fault. Yes. That's just such the biggie, right? Like I think of all of the things that pain me through perimenopause, which I know I'm fully in right now, it's 
and I know it's hormone related, is just how I feel like sometimes I am truly taken over by an alien. Same. Like, like my thoughts, my, my, I'm such an eternal optimist like you. Like I love to see the bright side of everything. I see the good in people. Like, yes. But sometimes I'm like, who's, who's gotten into my body? Who's oh. taking me over? Oh, I can be horrible. Like, and it's gotten worse as, again, like we're approaching menopause. Yeah. I hear a lot of my girlfriends tell me, and they're going to their general practitioners, and they're saying, yeah, it's not really safe, or you're going to have to stay on it forever. And sh she's like debunking all of it and telling you why, and very specific ones. I mean, obviously, you're going to be under the observation of a doctor. Right. Debunking the negative side of what? Hormone replacement therapy? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah. Like okay. it's not healthy. Like the people yeah. are like, yeah. a, a lot, lot of my friends like, don't want to do it yes, because right. they're like, it's not yes. healthy. I'm going to yes. get breast cancer. Right, 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 right. Okay. But like, yeah. what do you know about that? Let's like really dig into that. Yes. So I, and, and I did start on a hormone program. I did not say, I did not stay consistent because I didn't fully understand it. Mm. Right. So that's where I am right now with the mm. hormones, but I'm, I'm about to get on it. Yeah. So I'll let you know, because enough of this, like you said, the angry, crazy person that comes out in me, I was like, that's not well, and who I am. And then you show up that way for the people that you love the most, right? Which is your, for me, the kids, right? Yes, the kids and yes. the family. Well, I think like, I think we as women, it's like, don't try to be a hero. You know, everyone's like, well, I'll just, I can survive this or I will just live through this. And no, I don't want to take this or I don't want to take that. But there is information out there. There are, like you said, things, various things, do your research that can treat you to actually bring back your quality of life. Thank like you. don't give up, don't succumb to like what you were saying. Oh, it's just aging, it's a part of it. No, it is not. And and by the way, I dare I even say, and I, I'm not, I haven't gone super down the road like you have. I, I started taking DHEA, which is because I had low testosterone, testosterone also. And they're like, they were like, do you want testosterone? I was like, let me just try. You don't have, you can, there's trial and error also, right? So I said, let me just try the supplement before I go big like that. And that seemed to work for me. So now Good. I'm chilling for, for now. I mean, I had a 20 day long period last month. Did but, your you know, numbers go up? I haven't been retested, but okay. I feel. You feel it. You feel better. I don't better. feel as bad, but, but I, I need to get retested. See it. That's the other thing. I mean, you do have to stay on it. You, you have, have to, to stay, stay on it. it, but it's like, you know, what it like when you, when you're really taking stock of your life and you want that quality of life, which I do, mm -hmm. that's why I do the work. And that's why, because a lot of people don't, it's a lot. So yeah, that's why but, we, we go through it. Like definitely in the book, like the questions to ask, the things to really think about with your health and what's off. Because look, whether we're talking about our hormones or whatever other area, whether you have heartbreak or you haven't forgiven, or there's so many different things, we all have something in our lives that's not serving us, right? Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage women not to settle for that because you don't have to. And why it's okay to make the quality of our life, our overall wellness, a priority. I think like, I love that you're setting the example that if I don't take care of myself, like, you have three kids, you have a husband, you have all these things, but like you have to be number one and not apologizing for that. No. And that's okay. My mom told me when I was, I think 15, and I think she was honestly saying this to me in relating to a boy, but I don't remember that part very specifically, but she said, if you don't take care of yourself, no one else will. And I've carried just that one little part of, probably there was a much longer speech that went along with that little statement, but I've carried that with me throughout my life. And that has allowed me to release any guilt that I've had concerning self-care. <laughs> like if I don't take care of me, nobody else will. Yes. But I do think of it as a way, like, like what you said, like it's like everybody hears that term, like put your face mask on first. But if I don't take care of myself, I cannot show up for my husband. I cannot show up for my kids or my business or any other part, right? So it's like, put your face mask on first, right? Yeah. Your husband, I've never had the pleasure of meeting him, Aww. but your relationship, your <laughs> everything, like learning about when you guys went to Mexico where you were traveling with his parents and, oh, yeah. and then he proposed and like, how long have you been married now? Oh my gosh, let's see, my daughter is 15. So I think like six, 16, I, I never can quite remember, but I think 16 years. Girl, like <laughs> I like anything, I'm sure that's work with like it, every relationship is. Not perfect. I will preface it by saying it's not, it's, it's not perfect relationship. He drives me 
up the wall a lot of the times. But at the end of the day, like it's good. And I do feel like we are on this journey together. He's the same as me as far as always wanting to grow, always wanting to improve himself. Mm. Also, like I do believe in what they say, especially in the religious kind of like being being equally yoked, that has been a big thing for us and for our relationship. But I, I, I still enjoy like my time. I still enjoy him after six years. So that's a good thing. That's right? nice. That and I do still nice. feel like it's always exciting. And partly it's because he has ADD, ADHD. So like that kind of creative personality, it's like there's never a dull moment. Mm. But for me, that's great mm. because it's always, it's always sort of fun. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, I love asking women, especially those of us that really care about personal development and we're kind of always trying to improve mm -hmm. and evolve and expand on all these things. I usually ask, what part of yourself are you really working on right now? Mm -hmm. But now I'm thinking Alejandro, like what would he say if he were being painfully honest? Because sometimes our partner sees us, sees the things in us we can't see mm -hmm. or sees the things we need to work on. And sometimes that radical honesty is a gift, even though it's hard to hear. Mm -hmm. What might he say that you need to work on? I mean, I think he tells us always as a family, like even the kids, like he's constantly, I'm gonna say harping because I'm, I'm not kidding you. It's like all the time. And we already have a practice of gratitude, right? But he is like, he's always into like, and I think he says it for himself too, because we all slip out. But, but ha having a daily practice of gratitude, it's also one of those things in our lives, it's free, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And you create an immediate shift, an immediate yeah, shift. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge, huge, huge. Yeah. So your husband's saying like, be grateful, Allie, like don't complain or something? Right, like okay. don't complain. Sometimes okay. I just want to complain, yeah. right? Yeah. But he definitely, he always reminds us to be grateful, be grateful, be grateful, because it just as human beings, you can easily go into complaining or shifting and into, yeah, into complaining, right? Mm. So that, I do get stressed. I do actually, I pray for our marriage. I've been praying for our marriage a lot recently. And I, I'm doing that because right now for both of us, life is busy yeah. and it's the first thing that falls off. Like we're not doing like date nights and we're not like communicating at home. It's like, and I think for everybody, I am very transparent and very honest, as you can tell, but I know a lot of people like to pretend like, oh, it's great. Or how like they don't like to say it because they think people's perception of them, it's going to change. But I do think the first thing for all of us is to acknowledge what's mm -hmm. off, right? If you can't even acknowledge it, then how it how is it going to shift? Yeah. Like, how are you going to change it? Yeah. So no, I get that. Like staying connected is so, so huge, isn't it? Yeah. I have, I'm, I've been dating someone for a year and a half now, right. but he right. lives in Malibu and kind of the same. Like I've been so busy and he has four kids. I have my two kids. I've had all this dog drama everyone knows about in mm -hmm. my life. And it's like, he literally just said to me yesterday, he was like, we need a week. And I'm like, yeah, because you start to like that, that divide can seep in. And if you don't like acknowledge it and then like get together, like how do you stay connected? It's, it's gotta be a priority when you yeah, have a relationship like you're doing to you, work. I'm doing me. And then you yeah. show up and then you're like, who are you? Like, yeah. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. I think one thing that worked for us, and I'm sure you guys do it because he's there in Malibu is just doing like a quick, like, well, date night is so easy because you're at home, right? But like just these quick little getaways for us, mm -hmm. if it's just going to spend the night mm -hmm. getting a babysitter yeah. or like somewhere just going away. Yeah. For me, I notice when we take little trips together, or go away together, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I mean, truly, it doesn't have to be anything big or fancy or anything. But I, me personally, I'm able to leave everything behind. Like I don't take the emails and I just like go and then that's when I feel he and I like connect. Like right now mm -hmm. he's telling me and I'm thinking like, what is he referencing? He really wants us to go on a retreat, like on a couple's retreat. So I was like, well, maybe he has his own like issues that he has with our, you know, like things he wants that you can't like bring up on a daily because yeah, yeah. life is happening. In between like coffee some, and drop off. Well, yeah, right? it's yeah, like, yeah. it's a way deeper conversation. Yeah. So I'm sure there's things on his mind. So he's like, I really feel like I want us to go on a couple's retreat so we could reconnect. We could write down all of our thoughts and our feelings that we haven't yet shared. Oh my God, that's our, beautiful. And like how many guys do that? No, he's very, um, but part of me as a woman, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> 
You're Can like, we just oh, go? And a little, like, do I really got to go and do the work on a retreat now? Oh, yeah. Because it can feel like another job, another oh, it's obligation. A, it's a, it is. Yeah. But I know if I do that, I know that we'll get on the other side of it and it's going to be that. Well, would be I amazing. wouldn't even know where to do a retreat like that. So put that in your next book for us, okay? Like <laughs> where to go to like yeah. do that with, with your partner. That's really, really awesome. Thank you, Allie, for being so raw, open and honest. We're always rooting for you. Good luck. Thank you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.